Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever it is you're listening to this Brujas. And welcome back to another episode of Cold Brew for the Brujas. As usual, it's your girl Moki, the Pastel Bruja, aiding you on your spiritual journey one Pastel post podcast YouTube video at a time. How are y'all doing today? Grab your coffee, your tea, your iced coffee, your hot coffee, your juice, your smoothie, whatever it is you're drinking. I have vanilla iced coffee, even though I'm recording this at 9 p.m., whatever. Doing it for the podcast, also doing it because I'm a coffee addict, but whatever. (laughs) Drink coffee when you want to drink coffee. Anyway, you already know what this podcast is going to be all about. Today we are talking about what the fuck is brujeria, okay? What is it? This podcast was inspired by two things. I mentioned in last week that the Grey Chaos Sisters, they inspired me by talking about their craft and the spark and inspiration behind their craft. And then if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that Zach Bagans pissed me off. I've been binge- <laughs> I've been binge watching uh ghost adventures and the thing that actually brought me over to this is because i was i heard they were going to do the cecil hotel which if you guys also found me on instagram you know i just watched that documentary and i found that it was interesting i felt like there was something paranormal there so i was like i wanted to watch that uh it hasn't come out yet but i ended up binge watching it ghost adventures is a very it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. My dad and I watch it all the time back home. My mom hates it. She always gets mad because we watch it like right before bed. And my mom is like scary Mary. She doesn't like scary stuff like that. But getting off track, I ended up binge watching. I see this episode that's called House of Brujeria. And I was like, oh, I have to see this. I need to see what is going on. And in this episode, he talks you know not only him but the people that are in the episode talk about brujeria and he's like it's the manifestation of evil and all this crap which totally pissed me off um for all of my brujas out there you know rightfully so because what the fuck (laughs) um i also want to preface this by saying it's probably a little too late there's gonna be a lot more cursing in this episode because when i'm passionate about stuff the cursing just comes so i know you're probably like moki you don't have such a potty mouth i really do i try to curb it a lot in my content uh but i'm gonna say this if you don't like cursing i'm gonna try to curb it a lot but it's gonna happen so we're talking about me right i want to do a dive into my craft of course and what brujeria is of course but i want to do a little bit talking about me and how i got started which i did a, in a couple of previous podcasts. Oh, before that, Brujas, can I just say thank you so much? Because we have right now, as I'm recording this, 105 plays on the podcast, and I want to scream. Like, my goal for this month was to reach 100, and so thank y'all. But okay, I mentioned my kind of origin in a previous podcast episode, but I kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper in this one. And talk about you know my spiritual beliefs as well and kind of where uh 
kind of religious beliefs as well because I feel like this is a question I get asked a lot not by specifically you guys but people in my life personally uh I made a transition uh not necessarily but yes I actually most of my family were practicing Catholics for a very good part of my life I went to Catholic school my whole life I did not set foot in a public school until I went to college I started Catholic school in pre-k and decided to go to a Catholic high school as well I actually went to a pretty well-known Catholic high school called Cathedral High School in New York City um over on the Upper East Side um yeah that's a whole nother day to talk about that if you guys want to hear a podcast about my catholic school experience i will gladly do it i'm gonna put a poll over on my instagram feed so if you want to hear about that go vote yes but um yeah i will never put my kid in catholic school it's it it's never gonna happen no not even nothing to do with like religious beliefs to be completely honest um just what i feel like not that it's done anything or messed me up, but just the, the psychology of Catholic school for me, just I would never put my kid through that. So if you want to hear about that whole deal, please let me know. Um, but yes, I did go to Catholic school. I am baptized. I received every Catholic sacrament except for the sacrament of marriage. And I'm questioning right now if I want to be married in the, in the Catholic church, which is probably... A question that Kai and I have been thinking about for a while. I think a lot of our family members will want us to be married in the Catholic Church, but um, I don't know how I feel about that just now, right now. But if I do talk about the Catholic School Experience podcast, I'll talk more about that and why I'm why that's a whole thought process in that podcast. But yes, I have received. I was baptized, did did communion, confirmation, and. yeah, those are the commun- baptism, communion, and confirmation. And then you would do marriage. So I have received all the sacraments. So for everybody who has ever slid in my DM and told me that I need to find a relationship with God because I'm doing the devil's work, please know that I have done everything you have done, if not more. I'm pretty sure half of the people who do that in my DMs have not even received all of the sacraments. So please spare me the bullshit. I... <laughs> I have been baptized. I am. I am. I've done it all. Okay. So yes. Uh, that being said, a lot of my craft, um, based specifically what I have learned from my grandmother, does have Catholicism, kind of not so much Catholicism, but the Bible incorporated into it. So yes, I do keep a Bible in my house. Yes. Um, you will see crosses in my house. Uh, Kai, that's more of Kai's craft. Uh, he works a lot with the Catholic saints and uh, the cross and things like that. Uh, my grandma, when she reads, she does recite psalms and things of that nature that come from the Bible. I don't do any of that. Um, I think I just kind kind of <laughs> have been deterred from incorporating that in my craft just because of how i feel about catholicism to give you a brief feel like just like description of how i feel about it have you ever seen if you've ever seen that meme where it's the goldfish and they're in the ocean but they're in a fishbowl and it's like the fishbowl is religion and the ocean is 
spirituality and I was like that's exactly how I felt being someone who has um not only grown up Catholic but had that incorporated into their school life has been extremely ridiculous uh I think it's too much I'll just say that like if you're gonna be Catholic be Catholic I don't think it's necessary for your kids to go to Catholic school um but I don't want to dwell too much on the Catholic school topic, but I do, I did want to put that basis there because I feel like sometimes I do want to put, um, certain things when I, when I do rituals and stuff on social media to share with you guys, I don't necessarily put the Catholicism or the Bible in those things just to keep it universal for everyone. But I, in my personal craft, I do incorporate it sometimes specifically with things that, like I said, my grandma has taught me. But getting on to this, brujeria, what is it? What everyone, the, the word brujeria in Spanish literally translates to, well, let me not say literally, but translates to witchcraft. A bruja is a witch. Uh plain and simple so when people say that brujeria is evil it's just like i don't you can't make such a broad statement about such a broad thing that's like if i was to just say religion is evil because there's people out there that use their religion for evil purposes i'm not naive i'm not dumb i know that there's witches out there that do work with darker forces and that do that sort of thing and i know people that do that sort of stuff but it's not what i do and it's not what anyone in my family or in my lineage of (laughs) witches do so i'm not versed in that um but i'm not blind to the fact that that exists which is why a lot and i don't think any serious practicing air quotes light witch because i hate that or white witch whatever practicing air quotes white magic i hate that term but any witch that works with positive forces is not going to be naive to the fact that there are going to be negative forces also which is why we do things like protect ourselves and light protection candles and do things of that nature to make sure that those forces don't come after us after us which is what i will talk about that as well considering that i just did a cleansing today i will talk about that a little bit more on this podcast since it's going to go up late i'm going to give you a little more this is probably gonna be the longest podcast i up i've ever uploaded but yes so it's a major part of of brujerias is protection any witch that any of the abuelitas if for those of you who don't no Spanish. I come on. If you took Spanish at any point in your your schooling, you know, abuela is grandma. The 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 ending ita is just a little term of endearment. So any of the the women that have taught me what I know, because they're not necessarily grandmothers. They probably get mad that I'm calling them that, but <laughs> except for my grandmother. But anyway, uh, they have always taught protection comes first you always protect yourself and i feel like that is different for everyone i know which is that ward um i dabble in warding it's not something that i'm very well versed in uh also very simple protections such as uh wearing certain wearing or carrying rather certain crystals like black tourmaline or amethyst which is 
what I've been doing, I recently just got a black tourmaline necklace. If you saw my recent YouTube video on all the crystals that I got, I mentioned it from Merging Metals and I just wear this for protection. Um, going back to the craft today when I, um, going back to the Catholicism entering my craft rather, today when I cleansed the warehouse for New Moon Minerals for John and Ashley, I wore my black uh, rosary, which is nothing that I wear every day, but when you're working with horses that you don't know, <laughs> you have to protect yourself a little more. Um, that being said, you have to, sorry, I took a sip of my coffee. <laughs> when you're learning, I always tell any, just because I, I hate to say witch or bruja because you don't have to commit yourself that much to want to protect your energy. So for anyone who wants to protect their energy, you might not even call yourself a witch or anything like that. Um, simple things as, like I said, wearing crystals. Um, there's also protection oils like ones that the one that I make. Um, you can dive deeper into making protection satchels, which I have one on my front door. Uh Things of that nature. You can also make ones to carry on your person, but you always want to protect your energy. And that's like one of the main focuses of my craft is always protecting and cleansing the space. Um, I don't do it as often as I would like, but I try to do it as often as possible. Um, things I use to cleanse, I'm obviously a big uh, cleanser with smoke. You guys know I like to burn my sage, my palo santo, my lavender. But I'm also big on cleansing with water. Um, I think I go towards smoke because I am an air sign. My my chart is very heavily air um, and earth. Um, just a little tidbit. I don't think I've ever told you guys like my big three. So I am a Libra sun, Taurus moon with a Libra rising. So my chart is flooded with Libra. I am indecisive and it's a mess. But... I won't talk about the other qualities of the Libra that I incorporate, um, but you guys know that Libras are flirts and to their own detriment. And I don't think I am, but other people think I am. And I think that's like a lot of, <laughs> that happens with a lot of Libras. I just think I'm friendly and other people are like, no, you're a flirt, but whatever. It's a total... Libra thing. So for all my Libras out there, whoop whoop, I feel your pain. Um, but anyway, we're gonna dive into this. I'm rambling. So we're gonna dive into Brujeria. So like I was saying, Brujeria is just describes witchcraft or occult practices that are done usually by Latin American or Afro-Caribbean or Afro-Latino or Afro-Latinx. Uh, <clears throat> peoples so it doesn't really cover all like a single thing which is why i say which going back to what i said you can't blank give it a blanket statement and say that it's all evil because just because you see 12 witches doing something and three of them are doing evil stuff doesn't mean the rest of them are doing evil stuff the same way that if a cat if there are three catholics harassing people and you know harming people and the rest of them are not you can't blanket that as evil either so uh you have to kind of dive deeper into what each thing is and i say that because there's also 
different lineages of of air quotes brujeria, which is actually santeria, which is like let me think of the word I'm trying to use here. It's like the actual term for brujeria, like. Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank right here, and I'm sorry if you can hear this truck driving outside my house, but it's pretty much the actual practices, the actual, because I don't want to use religion because it's not a religion, but the actual belief system, here we go, a religious concept, I love when words come to me, that they're talking about when they talk about uh, brujeria, so like I was saying, there are actually different lineages um, in each, I mean, in each of Santeria. The one that I follow is actually Yoruba. I'm going to actually tell you guys, if you're interested in learning about this, I will say that these practices are closed practices. And I think I should actually say this before I get any further. Uh, not everyone is allowed to practice these practices. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard last year about the whole Papa Legba story with the girl who tried to summon him to get her ex-girlfriend or whatever it was. And she happened to be a white witch summoning a black spirit to harm a black person. And it was just a mess and she ended up dying. Uh Closed practices are for people that are invited to the practice. I say this because a lot of people think that that just means being black or being of color or being Latinx or whatever it is. That's I know people who are not these, uh, who are not people of color and they practice these <clears throat> religions because they are uh, called to it. Uh, there are people who you can get readings and see where your lineage goes. Uh, I can only speak on Yoruba. That's the lineage that I follow. And if you want to, this ties into what I was saying. If you want to read up on it, because it is a closed practice, but that does not mean that you cannot study it and learn it. Um, the Handbook of Yoruba Religious Concepts by Baba Ifa. Karade, I will put the link because I know you, and you're probably like, how do I even spell this? But it's a good book to start with. Um, it's actually one I have in front of me right now. Uh, it's a great book. It's one of the first books that I started reading to actually like brush up on my stuff. And it it's good. Um, but yes, I say back to it being a closed practice and who can practice it. I have friends who are white that... Uh, do not practice this stuff, but they are definite. They are tied to Orishas, which are, air quotes, angels in Yoruba. Uh, so, Orishas will work with people who are not of color if their lineage goes back further, and their uh, people, their ancestors, were helpful or beneficial to them in some way. Um, they don't completely cast out white people um please nobody come and attack me and tell me that i'm wrong on stuff like i said i'm only speaking based on my knowledge i am not an expert so do not come attack me i don't want to hear it um i can only tell you what i practice my knowledge and what i've been taught so please don't come for me uh but 
we're going i'm not going to make this like a whole lesson uh but i do want to share some things with you guys uh specifically some notes that i have here about the the history of yoruba so the history of yoruba begins with the migration of an east african population across the trans-african route leading to the mid nile river area to the mid niger so it's a belief system that stems in africa and it's dated back as far as 65,000 BC. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I read stuff that's like actually important. Like not everything's important, but like that's not gonna like take forever to explain. So uh, I don't wanna do too much history, but yes, it did start in Africa and um, it's, it's a real modgepodge of things though i will say that because it's like I, the importance of me saying that it started in africa is because as we all know a lot of peoples in africa began become um began be uh began becoming slaves in what was called the enslavement period uh in the 15th and 16th centuries when Portuguese began to transport Africans to the, from the West Coast to Spanish mines and plantations in the air quotes, New World. And this began a blend of uh, concepts, obviously. Different people, uh, groups of people who believe in similar but varying belief systems obviously come together and make a modge podge of a religion that is Santaria. And that's why there's so many different lineages because I'm going to read directly out of the book here. It says African descendants were transported to the New World countries like Cuba, Puerto Rico, Trinidad, Jamaica, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, and other islands of the West Indies to Brazil, Argentina, Venezuela, and South America, and finally the colonies of the states of North America. The crossing of the Atlantic Ocean to reach these destinations has been deemed the Middle Passage or the Triangle Trade. Three ports were involved. One of them was in Nigeria, the other in the West Indies, and the other in Europe. It has been estimated that over 75 million captives were taken during the four centuries we call the enslavement period. And it says the fact that the Yoruba were dragged into the slave trade in such huge numbers and, and so soon before the trade was brought to an end had several important consequences. Their culture, religion, their culture and religion tended to dominate the subculture of the slave society and to submerge and absorb itself in uh, into and absorb into itself surviving elements of African culture. So from the African's perspective, there arose a special Christian interpretation based on African spirituality and practice. Some, and then here is a quote, some Africans denounced the traditional gods, others did not even credit their existence. On the other hand, a large number maintained the traditional beliefs and practices alongside Christianity using one of the spiritual resources using one spiritual resource to supplement and complement the other, which goes into what I was saying earlier with people like my grandma bringing the Bible into this practice and, and kind of bringing any, where where one doesn't explain something, you get it from the other one. So like 
Catholicism doesn't work with like manifestation or protection or anything like that, but Yoruba Concepts does, so you do it there. But you also might recite a prayer before doing so. You know, you kind of mix and blend things together. Um, this is where uh, things kind of start to get, you know, mixed and matched and become their own thing because it says the African maintained the Africanness of religious being through spirituals getting the Holy Ghost, a form of possession, air quotes, shouting, speaking in tongues and intense preaching, etc. So that is what we see in a lot of Baptist practices. So we keep certain things that are true to us and we and then we kind of like morph things into our own. But like I said, I don't want to dwell too much on the history of it. I do want to talk about more of uh, what the practices are and what the belief system itself is. So people who follow the Yoruba concepts believe themselves to be descendants of gods and goddesses from a, an ancient spiritual capital that I have never in my life been able to pronounce. So I'm not going to do it dirty here. But uh, think of it as the kind of like Valhalla, if you know the Viking uh <laughs> traditions it's kind of like that um but we believe that we're direct descendants of these people they were human they were they're not like uh the catholic god that is the celestial being that never really walked the earth so they were people they had experiences they had experiences with living people and they act that way they don't act as if they're higher than everyone they know that they're human they know that they were put up there and they know that all of their children walk this earth so it's kind of similar to what you hear in most religions but uh where things get different is where the names and obviously the beliefs in different gods and goddesses come because we know that catholicism teaches one god along with a lot of other religions. But uh, the most important deities are the ones that you hear about a lot. These are the ones that survived the slave trade that I was talking to you about. These are the ones that people kept intact, which is ones that you probably heard like Ocean, Ogun, Yimaya, Shango, Oya. I know you've probably seen them on my feed. They're actually in the Legendary Ladies deck. Um, another one is Obatala. Uh, he is obviously not in the legendary ladies deck and neither is Shango but they are well known Yoruba Orishas which I said before are like what you would call in Catholicism angels um, I don't know what angels are called in other religions so that's the only reference that I can make them to but they are angelic forces and they require specific worship song um sacrifice uh what's i'm thinking of the word that i need you know you leave out uh offerings for them and they all require different things uh so a lot of the the ones uh, a lot of the orishas that i mentioned i actually work with my specific uh Orisha that I work with is Yimaya. I love her. That is my ride or die. I also work with Oya a little bit, but I have been tied to Yimaya since I was little. I 
when I used to go to the Botanica with my grandmother, I used to just love her statue since I was little. And once my grandma realized that and saw that connection, she became my patron. And I just love her. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, she, I will go ahead and read to you about her because that kind of ties into my craft. And like I said, I don't want to go on and on and on. How far are we? What, what, where are we at on time? So maybe I can read to you guys a little bit about each Odisha. Okay, we're at 30 minutes. It's not too bad. That's like average podcast. So I'm going to read to you about um, Obatalo. It is also known as so many other names. But he resep- he uh, Excuse the fact that I cannot talk. I don't know what's going on. But he resep- represents... <laughs> The idea of ritual purity and ethical purity symbolized by immaculate whiteness. So a lot of times people will recognize him by seeing white doves, people dressed in white, things of that nature. It says all of that here. Um, um, Immaculate whiteness associated with him inside walls of temples are washed white. Emblems are kept in white containers in white robes, ornaments, and beads are for his priest and priestess are also white and he is viewed as the most intelligent and even tempered of the orishas not only is he the father of the orisha but also the molder of the human form on earth he is the creative sculptor that forms the embryonic body of infants inside the womb and it was obatala that first formed humankind out of the earth's clay obatala is alumares I will talk about them later. <laughs> Prime emissary on earth. The followers of Obatala and others appeal to, appeal to him for children, prosperity, the avenging of wrongs, and the curing of illness and deformities. They bring prayer and offer pr- prayer. They bring prayer and offerings to the priest and priestess who represent them to the altars or shrines on behalf of the followers. So now I'm gonna read to you about. I'm gonna like low-key skip to you, my y'all, because that is my main girl. Why? 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 What happened here? Hold on. Okay, that's very, very weird. Why is she here? Hold on, I'm trying to find. That's kind of ridiculous. Okay. Oh, there it is. I'm just blind. Wow. So it's um, Yimaya is a divinity of all oceans. She is said to be the mother of all Orisha and expresses her mothering throughout the earthly and heavenly realms. Yimaya is the matriarchal head of the cosmic universe. She is the amniotic fluid in the womb of pregnant women as well as the breast which nurture. She is known to be very stern and temperamental and expresses the protective energies of the feminine force. Being of the earth essence, she is proficient in the secret arts and will use them to protect her devotees. So yes, being a daughter of her, I will say she is very protective. She takes no shit and plays no games. I swear to you, I feel completely protected knowing that I have this girl, love this woman behind me. Um, She does not play, which is why I had to correct myself. (laughs) Um, 
because she give but she taketh. I'm not playing with you. <laughs> she will not play. Um, but yes, she works with all things that have to do with uh, fertility and the ocean and just mothering. She's basically Mother Earth in our belief system. Uh, and she's just that fertile, calming, but stern energy like any mother you would think of. And then we have Oshan, which is the Orisha of unconditional love, receptivity, and diplomacy. She is known for her sensual, sensuality, fine artistic development, and beauty. Ocean is a river divinity symbolizing clarity and flowing motion. She has powers to heal with cool water and to, div and to divine based on her dream revelations and sensual perception. Ocean is said to have many sides. On the one hand, she can be very short-tempered and irritable, and on the other, she can be calm and fluid. Either could be the case depending on the devotee and or the nature of the situation. Ocean is, Ocean is also the divinity of fertility and feminine essence. Woman appeals to her for childbearing and for the alleviation of female disorders. She is fond of babies and is sought if a baby becomes ill. Ocean is reflected in brass, gold, and shining gems. She is known for her love of honey. And she is very sweet, but she's another one where she does not take any shit, I promise you. I work with her too, and I'm going to do one last one and read about Oya because that's one of the... That's like my big three right there. So we're going to stop there. I had to do Obatala because he's very important. I'm probably going to do Shango too because he's important too. But... Oya is the divinity that guards the cemetery. More specifically, she protects the souls of the departed as they journey onward. Oya is viewed as the warrior with great strength. She stands well on her own, but usually in the company of her counterpart, Shango. Oya is also recognized for her psychic abilities, which manifest in the winds. She is the deity of the storm and hurricanes. Oya is often seen as the deity of death, but upon deeper realization, she is the de deity of rebirth, as things must die so that new things arise. And obviously, I have to read Shango now. So it says, Shango is defined as, as the ruler, which is also called Alafin in our concepts. <clears throat> he's said to have, yeah, he's he's got a lot going on. I'm going to let you guys know right now. He is said to have hung himself because of his overindulgence. His elevation to the Orisha realm was brought about by his devout followers. They merged him with the deity of light, of lightning in fierce retribution known as Jakuta. Shango's symbol, symbol is the double axe mounted on the head of the holy statues or dance wands. Shango is the Orisha of the drum and dance. He possesses the ability to transform base substances into which into that which is pure and valuable. His devotees approach him for legal problems, protection from enemies, and to make bad situations better. Often viewed as a bit of, as a bit earthy, Shango is revered and earn, uh, revered and earnestly listened to for, for he only speaks once and is prone to be temperamental. So today when I cleanse the space, I actually called him to come help um, cleanse the space and protect it because he is not a deity that I work with a lot, but I have worked with in the past and my grandma works with him a lot. But uh, like I said, he's for protection and just making sure nothing happens. And he, yeah, you definitely want to have him around. He's very important. I can go on all day about all of them, but we will be here forever and I don't want things to be boring. But uh, 
things are so deep each reisha is connected with a with a different chakra so when you're trying to get a a chakra aligned uh you would go to that uh specific orisha for that i'm trying to think if there's anything in this book else that i want to share with you i think that's like kind of it right now oh we could talk about offerings okay we'll leave it we'll do the offerings and then i'll just kind of end it there but so offerings to each region we'll do yimaya she likes molasses seafoods obviously will we not be doing animal sacrifices but ducks hens or roosters and then oh yeah she likes a rum red wine eggplants rice and beans plums tobacco purple grapes hens or roosters female goats or plantains Shango like plain plantains, yams, okra, green bananas, tobacco, rum, bitter, cola nuts, <clears throat> rams, roosters, but specifically red ones. And obatala is white fruits, coconut, white cola nuts, ifun, white yams, snails, snail water, shea butter, rice, hens, pigeons, and female goats. Like that everybody that I talked about before. Oh, ocean is honey cinnamon pumpkin lettuce oranges eggs guinea hens regular hens or sheep but this is kind of interesting too so i'm going to read this one too so objects associated with each orisha so obatala is elephants white birds statues of elder african men, men dressed in white images of mountains or white cloth and then we have ocean which is fertility artifacts objects of brass or gold peacock feathers <clears throat> mirrors fans fine jewelry cowrie shells and then Yimaya is strong matriarchal statues. I really need to get a statue of her for my, my altar. Creatures of the sea, shells from the sea, images of the sea. For Oya, we have buffalo horns, grotesque mask. Remember that she is a warrior. Multicolored cloth or images of storms. And then Shango, we have double axes, black cats, rams, heads, drums, stones, trees, struck by lightning horses and turtles and i know i took a pause so it's not rams and heads it's ram heads <laughs> but um i feel like some of these pages are just missing like the way this book is structured is very strange but it does give all of the information so it says reasons why sacrifices are offered is to give thanks for giving granting a need or a desire as promised or sacred vow made to the deity so if you tell your deity that you're gonna give her some coffee or wine you better do it um and it says to prevent the cause of suffering to remove the cause of suffering as a way of substituting the sacrificial animal for the devotee and to provide strength stability and courage to achieve in the visible world as well as the invisible world so you see a lot of this none of this stuff that i read you is like to bring evil and bring down the wrath upon the earth like none of it is that so like um so it's yeah you would place the offering on your altar and i don't think it says how long to leave yeah So yes, I'm gonna, I think that's all I'm gonna really share from this book. Cause like I said, it is a closed practice, but if you wanted to research it and study it, definitely grab that book. I will put it in the description. And if 
you just want me to send you the link feel free to dm me on instagram um i hope this gives a little bit into what brujeria is and just to give you guys like a little bit more i'm gonna give you like a little mini tutorial on how you can cleanse your house brujeria style which without imposing on the practice and doing something that is you know against the belief system so something that a lot of people um practicers of brujeria air quotes which i'm gonna just say for the sake of the product the podcast santeria which we just weren't learn use florida water or, or something called la bamba uh if you are in new york go to jamaica religious <laughs> which is my grandma's botanica they have it they have la bamba you can get Sometimes you can find La Bamba in like your Spanish supermarket for all of my favorite locals compare foods. I don't know what street it is on. I am not from here. I'm so sorry. But if you look up compare foods, my friend Tanae, shout out to Tanae if you're listening to this. You're awesome. She showed me that story. Reminds me so much of home. It's like a Spanish supermarket and they have Spanish food hot plates. Good two for one. Go get your Florida water and go get some food. But they have a, a religious section where you can get Florida water. I'm not sure if I've seen La Bamba there. I feel like I have. I have never bought it there because my grandma sends it to me. But I will check the next time I go there and I'll let you guys know. But you can find Florida water in most stores. You can find it in a lot of, like I said, Spanish supermarkets, any local botanica. We also carry it at Prest sometimes. We don't have it any right now. But... We carry it there, so you can come check that out. But when we have it, get it from there. But you can also order it on like Amazon and anything if you, if you need it in a pinch. But boom, you take yourself some Florida. You need a white cloth that you have never used anywhere else. Do not use your regular cleaning cloth that you use to clean your house every day, okay? You're going to get a specific white cloth for this specific moment. And you're going to use this cloth to wipe down everything in your house. You're going to take a Florida, your Florida water. I don't measure anything, so I really wish I could tell you how much Florida water to put in your in this, but I don't know. You're going to take yourself. What I do is I have a bucket. I fill it up about a quarter of the way, and then I sprinkle about three splashes <laughs> of a little bottle. Not the, not the smallest bottle that you'll find, like the medium bottle. And I just go splash, 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 maybe four splashes. And I do that. I take the white cloth. What you're going to do is you want to work from the front, from the back to the front of your house. So you want to take the Florida water. Um, you can, if you, there's, okay, there's several ways you could do this. You could take this and literally wipe down everything in your house. Start with the room that's in the furthest back of your house and work your way to the front. Or you can simply mop. Clean up your house, do your regular cleaning, how you would normally do it. Then you take your, your mop bucket or whatever it is. You Well, yeah, I guess it was only work if, if you have a mop bucket because you don't want to put this in your steam mop. But if you have a bucket mop um, or if you have a Swiffer type of mop that you could put your own solution in, definitely you could do it that way too. Where This is the 21st century. Um, you could put it in there. You would put the water, mix it with the Florida water, mop from the front I mean, mop from the back to the front of the house, all while thinking you're removing negative energy, removing anything that you don't want in this space. Because when I was cleaning the warehouse today 
Ashley asked me a very important question is, well, if it's something good, will you remove it too? No, you always want to have the intention that you are removing anything that is unwanted from this space, anything that you, that is going to harm you cause negative, anything that someone else has sent your way. That's what you're getting rid of. You don't want to remove your grandma's energy. You don't want to remove your ancestors energy. None of that. You want all of that to stay around. So that's a very simple way of doing things. What I did at the at the warehouse is a a tad further. I go even further. Um, Ashley also asked me if it was the ammonia. I didn't do ammonia. That's kind of I try to keep it subtle when I'm doing it for other people. It can be a little bit like intimidating to have a lot of stuff stuff in your house i mean in your space so i try to keep it simple and basic when i'm doing things for other people but um i will be doing a story tutorial it will be up already by the time this this podcast goes up and i will highlight it in the brujeria tab on my instagram so you can go look at it whenever you want the step further is you need two jars you're going to actually probably need three jars what you're going to do is you're going to take spring water right it has to be spring water that has never touched the place you are going to cleanse so i said this today too to ashley and angela i didn't go out to a spring and get any water my grandma makes me do that she likes me to go get the spring water from the there's a little park in in my town back home i'll show you when we go when i go to new york i'll do a video but yeah she makes me do that and (laughs) But you can go to your local Walmart or grocery store and get you a jug or a bottle of spring water. Like I said, it's the 21st century. You're going to pour it in the cup. You're going to add, you can add ammonia if you want. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how to not use the ammonia because I know a lot of my followers have pets and leaving a jar of ammonia is not safe for pets and children. So uh, what you're going to do is you're going to add protective herbs. I did myrrh lavender you can use um hyssop i gotta keep an eye on this guys you only get 60 minutes per podcast we're at 45 um you can use like i say you can use hyssop you can use cinnamon you can use what's it going off the top of my head i think i already said myrrh frankincense anything um protective you put that in the jar i use all dry herbs you also want to take some tobacco so if you have a cigarette or a cigar, um, you want to break that up, um, not the actual paper of the cigar or the cigarette. You just want the inside part. You're going to put that all in a jar. You're going to let that sit for three days, preferably someplace hot so that it kind of like low key ferments. <laughs> um, I did that. I was intentionally planning on using the jar that I used today for my house, but I have another one that will be ready to go soon. And I don't feel the need to like, it's not extremely necessary right now for me. I felt the need to do Ashley and John's space and I don't hesitate when I feel the need to do something like that, especially since they were down with it. Um, but yes, you're going to let that sit there, kind of let it brew for, for three days. And then you use that to then cleanse your space. Once you cleanse your space, when I say cleanse your space, you can wipe down the entire space. If you don't want to do that, you want to take that concoction with your, this is your white rag now, your clean white rag that you haven't used. You're going to dip that. You want to wipe the outside of your door. This is a, not only a cleansing, but a protecting. So this is saying, 
I'm wiping this space clean. You can also say this out loud or think this. I'm wiping this space clean and protecting it. I did that today with the outside of the of the warehouse. Just did, and then you just if you have a little jar, you know, you dip it in the jar and you just wipe it. If the dry herbs are gonna fall on the floor, that's okay. You vacuum, sweep them up, vacuuming them up after. You do that on both sides, on the inside and the outside of the door. Then you take a that water poured in you take what's left pour it into another jar you set that jar in the back of your house or your space if you're doing it someplace else you set that jar with all that concoction in it <laughs> you put it in the back you but you make sure you give it a good shake before you put it there you set it in the back in the back of your space for three days leave it there then you want to put another jar in the front with regular clear water that doesn't have to be spring water that needs to be water that was already in the space okay so you can get the you can get that water from the tap you can if there's a bottle of water that's been sitting in your house for a while you can use that but it needs to be water that was already there you take that water you put that in the front you set it with the intention that you want this to attract positive energy bring in protective energy and just cleanse the space you leave that for three days you empty that out you can then throw that out or you can refill it with more clean water and keep it there a lot of us brujas if you come to if you go to any brujas house you're going to see water all over the damn place cups of water all over the place uh, <laughs> it's just what we do you can keep that in the front but the one that has all of the herbs and the concoction that's in the back of your house you're going to throw it away don't throw it in your regular garbage can if you have a jar with a lid put the lid on it Pop that puppy in your car, take it when you go to work, throw it in the at the garbage can over there. Um, it's more somebody was asking me in an eco-friendly way because I said I, I, I personally leave them at a crossroads. Um, I just so happen to find a crossroads that has a garbage can on the corner. If you're local and looking for a, a crossroads garbage can downtown Fayetteville where the subway the Amtrak literally the Amtrak in the subway sandwich spot is they have a garbage can that is a crossroads because it literally goes two ways and it's literally a railroad there so that is a perfect garbage can if you're looking for a crossroads garbage can take it there throw it out be done with it set the intention tell the energy to stay there you don't want it anymore goodbye make sure you walk away from it with facing it so that it doesn't attach itself to you again you turn you don't turn your back to it you look directly at it until you're a good distance away and you turn your back and you leave that thing behind okay i hope you found this a little bit insightful i hope i was able to teach you guys something this is an hour-long podcast i hope you listened if you're still here right now i love y'all so much once again thank you thank you thank you for getting the podcast to 105 plays you have no idea how much that means to me I am so happy you're enjoying hearing my voice. I got to bring some people on here to switch it up. So I'll have some guests next month. Maybe this month we'll talk about it. But I love you, Brujas. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to learn about the real deal behind Brujeria and not what the fuck you hear in the fucking media. We're not evil. Not all of us anyway. So 
you already know what I'm going to say here. As usual, stay beautiful. Keep shining. I will see you next week in next week's podcast episode. And I will see you throughout the week on all of my other social media platforms. Make sure you're, uh, make sure you're following me on Instagram at pastel underscore bruja. And make sure you look, you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Let's get that up. Let's get to like at least 200 subscribers by the end of the month. I would love that. My goal is 300. But if we hit 200, I'll be satisfied. So if you're not subscribed yet, go subscribe. I love y'all brujas stay beautiful keep shining and i'll see you around